Welcome to the Political Pop Culture Podcast, where the important and the not-so-important issues of the day are broken down, discussed, and occasionally even mocked and ridiculed by a couple regular guys from flyover country. I am JP, and with me as always is Irvin the Millennial. And if you caught our previous episode, we talked about some pretty interesting stuff concerning Joe Biden and uh, his his desire to rule from the Oval Office by executive order. If you haven't listened to it, you should go back and check it out. This week, this week, man, there's been a lot of interesting stuff to talk about this week. We had the whole... Uh, we had the whole GameStop and Robin Hood thing happen. We had AOC accusing Ted Cruz of attempting to murder her. It's been uh, been a pretty exciting week news-wise. We had to had to narrow down what we wanted to talk about. And speaking of what we wanted to talk about, Urban the Millennial, how you doing today? Oh, not too bad, JP. How goes it this morning? It's. Uh, I tell you what, it's going. I am. Uh, I am ready for a nap or a drink or one then the other or the other then the one. I don't care. Um, you know, I think. Uh, I think there's there's been enough going on that we should probably just kind of jump into this. I, I hate to uh, to do away with the witty banter, but uh, we had uh, we had some really again interesting stuff going on this past week. We had the redditors went uh just kind of went nuts they drove the the price of gamestop up and and uh caused some issues there i know you were paying a little bit better attention to that than i was so uh do you know where exactly the whole thing started i mean obviously we don't need to get too into the weeds on the the specifics because people know what's going on or what what happened but uh uh do you have uh do you have any insight as far as you know how this whole thing started? So a hedge fund decided they were going to short the GameStop stock when it was about $4. And well, whenever somebody shorts a stock, um, somebody uh, somebody else can obviously see when some of the people are, are net short in that stock. Um, it's kind of a technical term just to kind of give a little bit of a 30,000 foot view into that. Um, and when they decide, when they saw how many people and how much volume was net short in that stock, they decided they were going to band together with a bunch of Redditors and just blow the stock up to, it was trading for, I think the highest I saw it was 300. Was it, did it get to 400? Uh, no, I don't, I don't believe so. The highest I saw it was 307, but, uh, I honestly wasn't paying that much attention to the specific numbers. Okay, so yeah, they, it got to three hundred, but three hundred a share, and obviously at that point, the hedge funds, the, the hedge fund people were really, um, really, really panicking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because that that is a chance to put somebody in the poorhouse there, especially depending on how much you own at three hundred bucks. Yeah, well, so I'm I'm of I'm of two minds on this whole thing. I mean, first of all, you know, you've got a group of You've got a group of people who are conspiring to drive up a a stock, uh, drive up the price of a stock, which may not be technically illegal, but is certainly uh, illegal adjacent. Let's say it is. Uh, it is certainly not the way the game was intended to be played. That said, uh, short sellers 
short sellers they're like the they're like the cockroaches of the of the uh, the stock exchange and uh, you know and I know there's probably somebody out there you know that's a day trader that that short sells but you know seriously dude get a real job uh, you know it, it's one of those things where you don't ever actually own it unless something like this happens you know and you end up losing and uh, you know you've got to replace that stock and and, uh, you know, hey, if you can't afford it, you can't afford it. Um, you know, you play the game, sometimes you lose. So, I mean, that's that's one hand. You know, the other hand, um, the other hand, I, I don't know, I kind of feel like um, they knew that what they were doing was going to cause damage to uh, not just the funds, but to individuals, people who do the, um, who do the short selling, the day trading. And I think when you, when you set out, intentionally to hurt somebody it is uh it's not necessarily a uh not necessarily a noble endeavor um sorry you look like you got something no, to chime you, in there uh i think i i kind of agree with what you were saying in our show prep this morning um when you said it really isn't within the spirit of the law no, it's, which it's right. I, I think i think that was a good terminology and i guess my my overall point here is really i think this is funny that's about it. I don't think this is a huge moral win of the little guy versus the big guy or anything like that. I mean, short, 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 short shorting is just another another way of trading at this point in time. And you know, you can you can hate the. I don't understand why anybody would hate the player of that game instead of just hating the game. Um, but at the end of the day, what we really have here is just something that's kind of funny, but it's really not this big huge big guy versus little guy win or loss. Well, you know, I would agree with that to a point. The problem is you uh you started seeing you started seeing these uh these short sellers getting uh uh what's a what's a polite way of saying it? They were getting effed in the A. Uh they were uh these these short sellers are taking it in the shorts, if you'll pardon that pun. But um sorry, I forgot to turn off my phone. Uh, but then you had the, the platforms, you know, like Robinhood that actually shut down trading on the stocks that were affected, uh, namely, uh, GameStop and then, uh, AMC, I believe as well. And there, I think you get into a real potential legal issue because now you're saying, okay, these stocks are still being traded on the on the market. Uh, if you're going through a broker, you can still trade these stocks. The brokers can still trade these stocks. The hedge funds can still trade these stocks. But now the little guy who's trading on Robinhood can't. And I would think that that might put Robinhood into an actionable position. I know that uh, at least one, if not two, uh, lawsuits have already been filed against Robinhood, and I would imagine that they are going to be in some pretty serious trouble. Well, there's there there's already standards for taking stocks off the board and not allowing certain things to be done. Um, granted, I don't. I I would be speaking out of turn if I told you that I knew what those standards are. But you do see extreme volatility, um, basically force force. Uh, people to take certain stocks off the board. Um, that's not exactly what happened with Robinhood here. It really, basically, they, they they made it almost impossible for the little guy to get in on GameStop. And I'm sorry, but 
what you're seeing here now is a private company basically say, we're going to let the big guys do this, but the little guys don't. And that's where we get extremely problematic. So I do, I do completely agree with your point. Um, as far as legalities go, there are some rumors that the White House pressured some of these apps and platforms to take to, to, to do certain things to mitigate the trading of GameStop by the little guy. So, okay. Uh, now, this is this is something that, again, in the show prep this morning, you you brought up to me, and I had not heard this. Um, can you can you give any kind of detail there? I mean, what uh, what have you heard? Where have you heard it? That's that's basically all we know at this point in time. Um, I've heard Fox report it. I've heard CNN report it in some of the dark dark corners of their of their places. Uh, they had Jordan Belfort on uh, on it. Who, if you if you've ever seen the 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 the, the motion picture Wolf of Wall Street, he sure. was the Wolf of Wall Street, um, and he basically said Fox had Jordan on. And he basically said, if this if this comes if if this comes out that the wall that the White House did pressure these platforms to take to to take these actions, this is this is extremely illegal and this is a big scandal. We're not breaking news on this podcast, obviously, and I don't think we're ever going to ask somebody to break news on this podcast. However, that's what's being alleged. And if that if that if there's any legs to that, that's 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 a big huge deal. Well, I, I would disagree with him in in one point, and that is it's it's not a scandal. You you can't uh, you can't have scandals when uh, when Democrats are in the White House anymore. Yeah. What if they wear tan suits? Well, you know that's not so much a scandal as just uh, you know uh, one of those "what the hell were you thinking" moments. Uh, kind of like kind of like you know you're bringing up Obama, kind of like bringing up his um, not just his tan suit, but that. Uh, that uh, official presidential portrait that he had done. I mean, Jesus Christ. If, if Anybody that hasn't seen that, by the way, seriously, go look at it. And if you like it, please uh, contact at politicalpopculture.com. Send us a comment. Let us know why you like that portrait, because it is, uh, seriously, next to Sandra Bernhardt, that might be the ugliest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> uh, and yeah, that was a shot at Sandra Bernhardt. I'm sorry. I'm, I say I'm sorry. That's a lie. I'm not sorry at all. Um, so yeah, feminists unite, come on, JP at, uh, politicalpopculture.com. So, um, so Wall Street, <laughs> Wall Street basically gangs up on the little guy, says, F you, this is our playground. And then you've got the politicians are freaking out because the, you know, their financial backers on Wall Street are, are poised to lose hundreds of millions, if not billions of dollars in this whole deal. And like you said, it's um, it's an example where you have the big guys, and it's okay for them to do uh, a certain type of behavior, but when the little guys get together and try to replicate that behavior, all of a sudden now it's a bad thing. And is it a bad thing because the behavior is bad, or is it a bad thing because the the little guys aren't donating? millions and millions and millions of dollars to political campaigns? You know the answer to that question. It's clearly the latter. <laughs> it's, it's clearly the latter. You know the answer to that. Well, I don't, I don't know. I presume the answer. <laughs> uh, you know, they say when you make an assumption, you make an ass out of you and umption. So, uh, come on, name the movie. I... I it's a long kiss, good night. It was Samuel L. Jackson and Gina Davis. Come on, political pop culture, dude, get with it. So, uh, so anyway, the uh, the thing with GameStop 
was uh, it was an interesting it was an interesting dust up this week. It's going to be interesting to see where it goes over the next week, and it's going to be interesting to see what the fallout is. I am guessing that we're going to see some uh, unnecessary regulation that is probably going to be aimed at the little guys trying to keep the little guys at bay so that the uh, the big boys in in Wall Street uh, in the in the big hedge funds can continue making their big money uh, but it makes it harder for so, you and me yeah and so i saw one of the winklevosses one of the winklevi i suppose you could call them <laughs> one of the winklevi um you know the the winklevoss twins they were the ones that actually came up with the idea for Facebook. Anybody who ever seen the movie, the social media, knows kind of that story. But one of the Winklevi said um, something along the lines of, "Okay, so now the federal government took away our ability to go to work. They took away our businesses. They took away all these things during the pandemic, and now we might be staring down the ability, staring down the barrel of them taking away our ability to trade on the open market. What's next?" Well, hundred percent right. Hundred percent right. <laughs> sure, sure. What's next is you know you've got uh, you've got idiotic legislation like HR one twenty seven, which was uh, put out by Sheila Jackson Lee, representative from Texas, uh, representing the Houston area. By the way, anybody in Houston, seriously, what are you people thinking? What seriously, what are you people thinking? Stop voting for that woman. She is. She is. Uh, as anti-American as you can get. We'll talk about HR 127 at another time. Uh, however, since we're talking about uh, stupid representatives, there's actually a really good segue here. We're talking about GameStop, and uh, then I'm talking about stupid representatives. And you can't talk about stupid representatives without mentioning Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who I honestly believe is the most stupid person ever elected to the House of Representatives. And there have been some stupid people elected to the House of Representatives. But Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, oh my God, I, I am absolutely flabbergasted. Every time this woman opens her donkey mouth, I just cannot believe the idiocy that falls out of it. So how does this relate to GameStop? How does this relate uh, to, to AOC? Well, if you, if you follow Twitter, which I strongly recommend that you don't, by the way. Uh, it, is it is the bathroom wall of America. Oh, my. No, it's the, the world. It's the bathroom floor. It is. <laughs> oh, my God. It is just a it, I'd call it a cesspool. But I think I I think I might actually prefer spending time in a cesspool, uh, cesspool than spending time on Twitter. It is. Just absolutely the most vile and despicable and hateful people that you see on Twitter. Uh, it is, it is the worst of society. This is this is the 21st century uh, version of the uh, the the uh, Colosseum games, the gladiators fighting. It, was, it, it is it is a dumpster fire full of tires. Yeah, it's or you know what was the line from Deadpool? It's uh, it's Mama June after hot yoga. It's, I mean, it's just, it's horrific. So, and so anyway, speaking of, speaking of horrific, we segue back here to, uh, uh, to AOC. And by the way, I, from now on, I'm calling Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez AOC from this point forward. In fact, I'm going to start, I'm going to put a, I'm going to put a jar in the office. And anytime I actually call her by her name, I'm going to have to put a $10 bill in the jar. 
um, because uh, I know it really irks her when when people call her AOC, even though that's literally her Twitter handle at AOC. So anyway, from this point forward, uh, this is the last time you're going to hear me say it. Alexandria Ocasio Cortez by me will be referred to as AOC from this point forward. Not that anybody cares. So anyway, AOC, AOC had put a point out or put a, a tweet out um, earlier this week, and there there had been some back and forth uh, earlier with her and Ted Cruz. You know, they kind of got in a pissing contest on on Twitter, and uh, AOC is all about affirmation. She she will say and do anything as long as it gets her followers like, oh my God, you go girl. You're so awesome. Clap back. Yeah, exactly. Slay queen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Slay queen. Uh, so, uh, but anyway, after this whole thing with uh, GameStop and Robin Hood shutting down the, uh, the trade, AOC put a post out. This is from January 28th. And this is a, this is a direct quote. I'm going to actually read the, the quote. Uh, this is AOC's tweet on January 28th. She said, this is unacceptable. We now need to know more about at Robinhood app's decision to block retail investors from purchasing stock while hedge funds are freely able to trade the stock as they see fit. As a member of the Financial Services Committee, I'd support a hearing if necessary. Um, and Ted Cruz... Ted Cruz, to his credit, even though these two are in the middle of a, of a Twitter pissing match, Ted Cruz responds, and what does he say? He says the most offensive thing that you can possibly imagine to, to respond to AOC, Ted Cruz says, and this is a direct quote, fully agree. Get out of here. How dare he? Get out of here. That misogynist bastard. I mean, unbelievable. So he literally... Even again, even though these two are, are bickering on Twitter back and forth, she says something that he agrees with. And he being the bigger person says, you know, that he agrees. So so in typical AOC fashion, uh, she decides instead of allowing that to pass, she's going to use it as an opportunity to make herself the victim and in doing so, let me, you know what, before I say anything, let me, let me read the tweet. This was AOC's response to Ted Cruz saying that he fully agreed with her previous tweet. I'm, I am happy to work with Republicans on this issue where there's common ground, but you almost had me murdered three weeks ago. So you can sit this one out. Happy to work with almost any other GOP that aren't trying to get me killed. In the meantime, if you want to help, you can resign. Are you beep, beep. kidding me? She she literally comes out and accuses Ted Cruz of conspiring to have her murdered. That she should be, I, I mean, I, I can't. I, I literally can't even get my head around how ridiculous a statement this is. She is literally saying that Ted Cruz conspired to have her murdered. And before I get into before I get into it, uh, Irvin the Millennial, I need you to uh, I need you to give us a little bit of context here. So, Ted Cruz, what she's referring to is Ted Cruz being on the floor of the Senate, uh, Congress, 
on the on the floor of the Congress, January sixth. Yep. yep, January sixth, and talking about uh, talking about the uh, the certification so, process. So yeah, give us a little background. So uh, actually, Ted Cruz is, and you can actually find this in the transcript of what he said on the floor of Congress that day. Um, he's actually invoking a couple of different precedents to actually. Um, basically review the election election results in certain states where there were, were allegations of impropriety or impropriety sorry um and really when you read his transcript of what he said that day you can literally not there's no way you can actually claim that he was saying anything inflammatory anything that would incite Bottom line, there was no way that you can claim that he said anything that would that that he was not claiming for AOC to be murdered, and he wasn't conspiring with anybody to have her murdered. There's just there's no way you can actually get that from that transcript. Well, not only that, I mean, take it down to take it down to the the base level. Basically, what she's saying is that Ted Cruz, through his words and actions on the floor, was inciting people to come in and, and break into the to the Capitol just the the same way they're accusing Trump of inciting the the riot at the the Capitol building on January 6th which of course he didn't uh, that's my opinion uh, and obviously Ted Cruz did not do anything or say anything to incite violence Alexandria I'm sorry I almost said it Almost, I, I was going to take al- that jar home with right? me. Right, <laughs> almost said it. AOC, AOC is just so eager to make herself the victim that she will jump on literally anything, any opportunity to, as you said, get her followers to give her the clap back. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this kind of underscores a few different thoughts that I've had. First... What AOC has been trying to do, and same thing with Robert Francis O'Rourke, the <laughs> the uh, wannabe Kennedy gun-snatching idiot that married rich, um, they're trying to paint every conservative or everybody to the, the right of them as responsible for what happened that day at the Capitol building. Um, and it's just, it's it's really getting disgusting at this point in time. What do you say, JP? Well, I think that the whole idea that, first of all, that this was some kind of a, a big planned incursion into the into the Capitol. I mean, give me a break. If this had been a planned it, attack, don't don't you think that people would have been hurt? Don't don't you think that people would have been killed? And I know there were people that were injured, and there were there were uh, a couple of people that were killed in the attack. But what I mean by that is, don't you think these people would have come? I don't know armed don't you think that they would have come in guns blazing if necessary don't you think that they would have gotten to people like AOC or Nancy Pelosi or some of these people that supposedly they were there looking to get looking to kill um I, I think that it is I think it is far more likely that it was a an unplanned attack uh, not even attack that's too strong a word it was, it was a bunch of it was a bunch of people who were riled up and went too far. It was mob mob mentality. And yeah, they took it too far. And and a lot of them are gonna pay the price for it, as they should, by the way. Uh but 
to say that this was a coordinated and planned attack, as, as Nancy Pelosi has said, like AOC has said, is ridiculous. And then to, to further, to double down on the stupid, uh, to say that anybody who voted for Trump is responsible somehow, anybody who agrees with Trump is responsible somehow, anybody who does not immediately capitulate and say, yes, Joe Biden is our president, uh, I think is I think is not only foolhardy, but I think in the long term, it's going to serve to damage the position that uh, that they're holding today. They are not going to bolster their position, but they're going to, in fact, do harm to it because what they're saying is so ridiculously incredulous. Well, and really, you're hearing two messages really when you talk about this subject because you're hearing a lot of calls for unity you've heard you've heard calls from unity from basically every democrat and i i share that i i share those thoughts i really do however you can't tell me you want unity and then accuse everybody who disagrees with you for basically being complicit in an attack on the Capitol building. Furthermore, AOC has recently called the the Republican caucus racist, almost point blank, point blank. So I'm sorry if we don't really believe that your, believe that your message in unity is actually, that, that, that is actually what you want. It seems to me that when you talk about unity, what you're really saying is, agree with every one of our policies or your racist and complicit in violence. Well, and I, I would, I'm going to come back to that point, but I'm going to, I'm going to touch on your first point first, the, the call for unity. You know, we have had, uh, we have had president Biden or as, uh, as I'm going to call him from this point forth, King Joseph, the first King Joseph, the first has called ad nauseum for unity since, uh, since he was, First elected since his uh, since his coronation, I mean inauguration uh, on January twentieth, he's called for unity on one side, but then on the other side he says, "Well, but this prosecution, this impeachment trial, has to go forward. It has to go forward. It has to." And how can you say, "Okay, it's time to bring the country back together," but we got to make sure this guy goes to prison. You know what? It would be comical if it wasn't so distressing uh, because it's not comical because this is the president of the United States or, you know, again, King Joseph I, uh, who is, instead of actually doing something to bring unity, to try to bring people together, he is instead furthering division by saying, yeah, this, 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 this show trial, this political theater needs to continue. And seriously, there, there is not, I do not believe, and again, this is, this is my belief, I do not believe that there is a court in the country that would convict Donald Trump of inciting violence for what he said uh, before uh, preceding the, uh, the breach of the Capitol. I do not believe that there is a court in the country that would convict Trump based on what he said during and after the the breach on the Capitol. Um, President Trump, should he have condemned it more strongly? Yes, I think he should. Should he have come out sooner and said, you know, hey, you people need to quit this crap and go the hell home? Yeah, I think he should have. I think he should have uh, said something sooner. Lack of speed 
in his response doesn't mean that he was guilty of inciting violence or insurrection. Or it as is, Chuck Schumer said, an erection. <laughs> yeah, well, Chuck Schumer has had an erection for Donald Trump for years. I, I mean... Must be awfully hard. Oh, yeah, I'm sure it's... Uh, for Chuck, not not many. There's some stiff competition between those two. Anyway, seriously, it's, it's like being back in grade school. Stop it. <laughs> so, so you have... Uh, you have on one side of his mouth, uh, King Joseph the First is calling for unity, and on the other, he's saying, "But we need to prosecute uh, former President Trump." Which, uh, I, and again, we could do a whole show on on just that subject. the The whole idea of impeaching somebody who isn't in office is clearly unconstitutional. But you know, I'm digressing. Um, so getting back to uh, getting back to AOC and and the idiocy. Uh, and of course, you can't talk about AOC without talking about idiocy. The the calls for unity are clearly a uh, clearly nothing more than a a scam. You know, it's a smokescreen because AOC has told everybody what she really thinks. Uh, and I'm sorry, think is a really really strong word, but she's told everybody what she thinks, and that is, as you pointed out, the GOP is racist. Never mind. I, I'm not even going to go into the, the the racist history of the Democratic Party. Uh, again, that's a, a time or a subject for another show. But I will say that at this point, at this point in history, the word racist has lost all meaning. Which is why, if you notice, I apologize to cut you off there, JP. No, you're they've, good. they've 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 flipped the verbiage. They're no longer using the term racist. They're calling you a white supremacist. Well, yeah, and and you actually brought it up before I did. I and I would have I would have come to that. Yeah, racist doesn't mean anything anymore. Well, why doesn't it mean anything anymore? The reason racist doesn't mean anything anymore is because people for the last four years have been throwing that word, that insult, that that disparagement at people that disagree with them it has nothing to do with race. If you disagree with a policy put forth by a Democrat, even a, even a white Democrat, even a white male a Democrat. White. Yeah. Sorry. White male Democrat. You're still, you're a racist somehow. Not sure exactly how that works, but it clearly neither are the people who are saying that anybody who disagrees with a white liberal is a racist. So the word racism and uh, and racist has lost its meaning over the last several years. And it, it's you're you're absolutely right when I say, or when you say they have changed the verbiage. It is not racist now. It's white supremacist. Sorry, white supremacist. It's white supremacy. Anybody that disagrees with anything that uh, that the liberal. Uh, wing of the Democratic Party has to say. And what's interesting is we're starting to see a fracture even within the Democratic Party because the far left, the I mean, the absolute lunatics like AOC are going after their own because they're not liberal enough. And apparently they're going to be white supremacists too. We have gotten to, uh, we've gotten to this point where literally everything is so hyper politicized and it's in its and it's black and white and I don't mean that in, in the term of race it's binary it's binary I got to start remembering that yeah it's, <laughs> it's it's one way or the other and if you don't believe exactly this then you're the bad guy or in this case you're the white supremacist 
um, I don't know, pick pick it up from from there. So to tie it back in to kind of what how what we were saying earlier um, about AOC's tweets and everything, and about your about your point about hyper hyper politicizing everything. AOC said that that initial tweet. I agree with her. I one hundred percent agree with her. Sure, which you can read that again if you have fun doing it. Well, the, uh, her uh, her initial tweet about yeah. Uh, yeah okay, this is unacceptable. I'm sorry. These are the words of AOC. This is unacceptable. We now need to know more about Robinhood app's decision to block retail investors from purchasing stock while hedge funds are freely able to trade stock as they see fit. As a member of the Financial Services Committee, I'd support a hearing if necessary. So, thank you. You're welcome. Dishonorable Ocasio-Cortez. That, 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 that 10 bucks in the jar. <laughs> AOC. Uh, but anyways, I agree with that tweet. I think uh, Ted Cruz also, also did as well. And honestly, this, this kind of speaks to a, a, a bigger problem to where it almost appears that AOC said something agreeable by both parties. I agree that if there were if there were some if there was some funny business going on here between the apps and anybody else, it needs to be fully investigated. Ted Cruz agrees. Liter- I would say that 80 per, 80, 85 to ninety percent of the population probably agrees. But in the name of it should being, be well, it should be a nonpartisan issue. Yes, that's the way I should have said that. Um, but it's almost like AOC realized, oh shoot, one of the most prominent conservatives agrees with me. Now I've got to come, I've got to figure out one way or the other to find out how I disagree with him. How can I backtrack without backtracking? That's how exactly can, right. How can I make him be the bad guy for agreeing with me? That's that's exactly right. And, and yeah, it goes right back to what I said initially. I mean, I swear, I believe she saw that tweet where Ted, Ted Cruz said, fully agree. And, and I think she saw that and she went, ah, crap. You know, how can I make myself the victim? How can I, um, how can I get the, the people to clap back and slay queen and all that crap? Uh, and that uh, seriously, that is my opinion. That is all this woman is about. She doesn't care about anything, but getting likes on her tweets. She doesn't care anything about, uh, about the people that are actually following her. She cares about, the limelight she cares about the attention and the only way that a woman that is as i'm going to use the word challenged as aoc is the only way that she's going to be able to stay in that limelight is to say incredible things and how do you get more incredible than accusing a sitting senator of attempted conspiring to attempt uh, to commit murder yeah, and the other thing is uh, this whole exchange between AOC and Ted Cruz really shows to me that AOC truly thinks that she's bigger than the office she currently holds. Well, she th- she thinks she's not only bigger than the the office. That, and again, think I hate to use that word when I'm referring to AOC, uh, but yeah, I think that she believes that she is not only more important than the the office that she holds. I think she feels like she's more important than the office that Ted Cruz holds. And of course, he's a senator versus a representative. Uh, I think that she feels like her opinion is more important than that of uh, of King Joseph the First. And side note, calling for one of the most prominent members of the conservative party to resign, not going to promote unity. Well, but here's the thing. 
and this goes right back to what we were we were talking about earlier. I I don't believe that that those on the left have any desire for unity because here's the thing if if the people start to tar- start to unite if there isn't this gigantic schism between people on the left and people on the right if there isn't this giant schism the then the left the the far left loses and the reason they lose is because most people in this country are not far right conservative just like most people in this country are not far left liberal most people fall somewhere in between. I fall somewhere in between. You fall somewhere in between. Most of the people listening fall somewhere in between. And if you don't have that schism, if you don't have that 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 big sign that says, anybody who disagrees with me is the bad guy, they're evil, then, then people start talking. And once people start talking, once people start talking, they realize, you know what? Hey, I agree with AOC. When she says this is unacceptable, maybe there's common ground that we can work together. Well, if people start working together, then you're going to see the the far left people like AOC out of office because there isn't really a place in American society for somebody with with such ridiculously out there left wing views. And I'd say the same thing about somebody who has ridiculously right-wing views. Most people don't live on the edges. They live in the middle. I'm rambling. Go ahead. I see you no, got you're, to say. No, you're, you're fine there. And the, the thing that I would say is you'd have to help me track it back to its origin, but compromise anymore or bipartisan bills and stuff like that is almost seen as a form of weakness. And I think this is something that the left kind of identify with more currently than the right. Um, just because when you, when you, when you look, Bernie Sanders is one that comes to mind first and it seems like with his followers and with Bernie's rhetoric, it just lends itself to the idea that compromises weakness. We have to get our full agenda done or none of it. Yeah. And therein lies a lot of the problem. We have gotten to a point and I say we, it's not us. It's not you and me. It's not It's not the people on the street. It certainly isn't the people in flyover country that uh, that have the, the big divide. It's the people in Congress. And even, even the more even-keeled people in Congress, even the people who are more centrist, they get into they get into these cabals, they get into these these groups of senators, in these groups of representatives. And one of the uh, one of the freshman representatives last, not this this current Congress, the last Congress, uh, it might have been Tulsi Gabbard was talking about as soon as they get in and they get uh, they get through orientation, it's like they split them up. They split it them was, up. I want to say it was Tulsi Gabbard on uh, Joe Rogan's show. Yeah, it might it might have been. It might have been Tulsi Gabbard on on Joe Rogan's show. She you know she said once you get through orientation, they basically split us up, and there is not there is not a lot of talking between the Democrats and the Republicans. They actually frown upon it. They don't want them talking to each other. I'm sorry. Isn't that why we send them? Isn't that why they're voted into office in the in the first place to to talk about the problems, talk amongst yourselves and then figure out solutions, equitable solutions for everybody? You know, it shouldn't be I'm, I'm going to sound like an idealist here and I don't mean to, but shouldn't shouldn't they be talking to each other? Shouldn't the Democrats and the Republicans get together and talk about, okay, hey, we're coming at this problem from this angle. You're coming at it from this angle. We may not agree with where you're coming from, 
And you may not agree with where we're coming from, but maybe we can find a way to meet somewhere in the middle. Isn't that what what Congress is supposed to be doing? Yes. Full stop. (laughs) Right? (laughs) I think as long as we keep electing people like Alexandria... Oh, almost, almost. I caught myself. As long as we keep electing people like AOC, as long as we keep electing people like, like those other people in her squad, I think that we are going to continue having uh, having the the name calling and the the childish bickering back and forth. And you know what? We're doing it we're doing a podcast and and we can be childish and bicker back and forth all we want. And we can call names and you know we can uh, uh, in place of the F-bomb we can drop our cute little beep beeps. But we're not out there making policy. These people were elected to do a job, and that job is not to get yourself as much attention as you can on Twitter. That job is not to get yourself as much attention as you can on Twitch. That job is to come together with people from the other side and do what is best, not just for your constituents, but for all of America. No, I agree, and don't want to go down too much of a rabbit hole here, but to look at the other side of this uh, initial Twitter dust up that we're talking about. Ted Cruz just just last week actually introduced for the third time a a, a bill to set term term limits in Congress. I did not know that. I did not know that. So there, there you go. Your your fun fact of the day on political pop culture. Can anybody <laughs> name anything that King Joseph has actually done with his forty seven years? Sure, sure, I can. He exist. Uh, yeah, well, no, he he created uh, he created legislation in the uh, early '90s that made the penalty for crack cocaine uh, considerably more harsh than the penalty for regular cocaine. The '94 crime bill. Yeah, the '94 crime bill. That's absolutely right. That was that was Joe Biden. That was King Joseph the first back when he was just you know Senator Biden. And, uh, and yeah, I think that when you take that coupled with the, his history of uh, associating with known members of the, the KKK, if you take that with his known history of saying racially motivated things, you know, he didn't want his children to grow up in a racial jungle and the like, I think that when you take his words and combine them with his actions, you get... Uh, you get somebody who is an actual racist. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. White supremacist. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, if you say, did Joe Biden actually do anything while he was in in the Senate for 40 some years? Yeah. Yeah, he did. He did. He he made things harder for people of color, specifically for, for black men, because they were far more likely to be uh, to be involved with crack cocaine than uh, than whites, and as a result, we saw a lot of uh, we saw the lives of a lot of black men absolutely destroyed. And I'm not saying some of them didn't des- didn't deserve it. I mean, you know, hey, didn't do the own their their own destroying. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if you're look, you're dealing crack cocaine, you're dealing heroin, whatever. You know, you're you kind of deserve what you get. Um, and I'm not going to go off on a libertarian rant about how. You know the the war on drugs is completely unnecessary and has done far more damage than good. But uh, anyway, I will let you pick it up. Yeah. 
No, just getting back to the topic a little bit. We went off there a little bit on it. You're saying I went off the rails. I, I get it. We were just talking about cocaine. The last thing we need to talk about is rails. Hey, you know, and by the way, I'm gonna. I, I have. Uh, I don't do. I don't do cocaine. I, I don't like cocaine. I just really like the way it smells. I'm kidding. <laughs> kidding. You know, I never did cocaine because I thought I would. I'd really like it, so I just stayed it away, <laughs> stayed away from yeah. it. Let me see. With your personality, the last thing you need, <laughs> the last thing you need is cocaine. But no, although get, although you are white, and I hear that white people love heroin. I, I, so. Well, I mean, I, I, just take a trip to Portland. We'll find out about heroin. Um, <laughs> But now back to what we were saying, um, this dust up between AOC and Cruz and, you know, the, the top, the talking point that really has been frustrating me and grinding my gears recently, JP, is that you hear all these, all these things like sedition, um, um, murder and things of that nature. And you're really trying, they're trying their best to pin pin what happened at the Capitol on the members of the GOP. And really the, obviously the, when you get to the logical conclusion, basically, if you vote for somebody, somebody in the GOP, you're clearly complicit in violence. You had everything to do with the, the Capitol, the Capitol riots. Oh, and by the way, vote for me because I've got the solution. And that's the only way you can be cured of any of your sins of sedition and attempted murder. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I would, uh, I would agree. So, you know, so far we've uh, we've covered, uh, you know, we've covered what happened with the GameStop stock, with Robinhood, with Robinhood shutting down trading, which I think everybody agrees was kind of a BS move uh, on on their part, and we'll see if uh, we'll see if there was anything actionable that was that was done over the next month or two or three. But um, you know, so we covered we covered GameStop, we covered Robinhood, we covered the uh, some of the political fallout there, including the the Twitter dust up, which was continued by AOC and Ted Cruz. And Ted Cruz, to his credit, I, I think has uh, has pretty much backed off of this. He hasn't uh, he hasn't taken the bait uh, to to really get into well, it with her. With with his comment about fully agreeing, I I think that was a little bit of a troll move, but it was a high level troll move. It, it well, yeah, it, it probably it probably was. Again, Ted Cruz, generally speaking, is the smartest guy in the room. So, uh, you know, that's uh, it's a it's a, a a joke. It's a line from uh, from my take from the other day. If you haven't watched it, you can find it on Rumble and YouTube. But. Uh, the, what I what I had said was, Ted Cruz is one of those guys who comes across like he always thinks he's the smartest guy in the room. The problem for Ted Cruz's detractors <laughs> is that Ted Cruz is almost always the smartest guy in the room. So, God bless you, ma'am. So yeah, indeed. <laughs> uh, so AOC takes uh, Ted Cruz's fully agree comment, uh, finds a way to make herself the victim, and uh, again, all hell breaks loose. And that's, uh, you know, we're coming back full circle. Um, anything else that, uh, that you want to add to, uh, add to the show today, Irvin, the millennial? No, we're, uh, we're talking about really beefing up how much content we put out guys and gals. So, uh, please, uh, hit that like and subscribe button. Just, uh, get, get notifications when we put out more content as well. Love to hear from you. Well, and, and. I'll take it a step further. The, the most important thing that you can do is leave a comment. 
whether you uh, whether you check out our our uh, content on Spotify or whatever your favorite podcast host is, our podcast service is, uh, whether you are listening to our videos on Rumble or YouTube, the most important thing that you can do is leave a comment. Whether you like what we're doing or you don't like what we're doing, let us know uh, because we can't get better. We can't improve our show and we can't improve the quality of the content that we're putting out for you if we don't hear back from you. So, uh, so that said, uh, I am JP for Irvin the Millennial. Uh, I appreciate you listening. We appreciate you listening. Make sure you check us out at Pol Pop Cult on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Rumble. And as Irvin the Millennial said, we are looking to put out a lot more content uh, over the next few months. So keep uh, keep looking, keep listening. And uh, if you want to reach out, please do so. You can do so by emailing us at contact at politicalpopculture.com. Again, JP for Irvin the Millennial. Thanks for listening and have a great day.